Blog Talk Radio. There is not a lot of point tonight in replaying the game against Clemson. The Miami Hurricanes were totally overmatched last Saturday night in South Carolina. Never really competed at all. The scariest thing of all, besides the ineptitude of the offense, was that the defense seemed to be playing really hard and competing really well and still gave up 40 points. It all is crying for a complete program overhaul, and that is going to be one of the topics of tonight because this is what you're going to get next week as Mario Cristobal and staff get ready to dive headfirst into the home stretch of 2023 recruiting with signing day, December 21st, and transfer portal season beginning in earnest when kids around the country begin filing paperwork December 5th. Last year, you'll remember that 21 players headed for the portal. This year, we're expecting the number to be even higher, maybe even approaching 30 by the time that everything is sorted out. When you factor in 10 senior graduates, that would mean that Miami could bring in as many as 35 to 40 new players into the program, many as soon as January. So this team and this program is going to look entirely different very, very quickly. So far, six current players have declared their intentions to leave. Defensive end Elijah Roberts, linebacker Avery Huff, running back Thad Franklin, wide receiver Keyshawn Smith, defensive tackle Alan Hay, and star Gilbert Frierson. Every one of those guys was on our list, our internal list at Kane Sport, of guys that we thought would not be back next year. And there could be more in the coming hours, and certainly there are going to be more Sunday and Monday, when Cristobal and staff conduct their regular season exit interviews with the players. So all of that is on the table tonight as we begin a new edition of Kane Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we welcome you to your show, Kane Sport Live. It's going to be driven once again by your participation. The call-in number is 563 563- 999-3550. That's 563-999-3550. We have more than 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to participate. If you want to come on the show, you hit the one on your keypad that puts you in the queue, and we bring you on the show in the order that you land in the queue. We ask the subscribers at canesport.com for topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show, and we will get to them during the course of the show. So Saturday night is senior night, and 10 players are going to be coronated as they end their hurricane football careers. It's been a tough time for many of these guys. Mitchell Agude, he transferred from UCLA, and while he had a decent season this year, and NFL scouts are asking about him, he never was really given the reps to impact the game to the degree 
that he probably was hoping when he came all the way across the country. DJ Ivy, great kid, is going to be most remembered for all the deep balls he gave up in single coverage throughout his career. When the fact of the matter is that he never should have been left in those situations because he lacked straight end speed when he arrived in the program. Caleb Johnson. He transferred from UCLA with high hopes. Never was able to unseat Corey Flagg as a clear-cut starter. Jacob Lichtenstein transferred home from USC and had an invisible season, really, before getting hurt a couple weeks ago and finishing up on the injured list. Wayman Steed, he concludes the Miami career in which he was always hurt, never got much of anything done. DJ Scaife, he's played a lot of football at Miami, but his career is going to be remembered for two very rocky junior and senior seasons. Antonio Moultrie, he's another transfer who played in a reserve role this year, but was unable to craft anything memorable. Justice Oluwatsun, a weight room monster during the offseason. And he started early before he got hurt, and his career ends in anonymity. Lou Headley, he probably had the best year and career of anybody in the class. And now is going to see if anybody in the National Football League is interested in having him. And last but not least, Will Mallory. He began the season with incredible hopes for a monster year and all kinds of aspirations. But because of all the issues at quarterback and all the issues with the offense in general, Will Mallory never had the opportunity to shine this year like he and everybody else expected. So there's not a ton of sizzle there on senior day, unfortunately. It shows the deficiencies in recruiting. And there's something that's very, very noticeable in that regard. Only Mallory, Ivy, Steed, and Scaife were original Miami recruits that made it through their entire careers. The failed recruiting classes of 2018 and 2019 are the true root of the issues at Miami right now. And something that Mario Cristobal will be setting out to change here in the next few weeks. Hopefully with almost 40 new players injected next season, the Hurricanes can very quickly pick up steam in their reclamation project and begin to become relevant again in the ACC and in the college football picture in the country. So the table is set for tonight on Kane Sport Live, so let's go out to your calls. The number, 563-999-3550. That's 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We're beginning tonight in the 917, where you are live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? BK Hurricane. 
Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing this week? I'm going pretty good. Everything's going pretty good. But Gary, there's a there's a silver lining in all this. This is the worst that we're actually ever going to be. You got to hope, man. Get any worse than where we are now. As long as I've been a Canes fan, I can't remember a season this bad. And I'm talking since the '80s, Gary. Like about around '83, '84, they had bad seasons, but. I've never seen anything like this in regards to the quality of the offense that's out on that field, especially in this day and age of college football. It just blew my mind on Saturday. It it just blew my mind. I actually think Clemson took it easy on us. They could have scored. I think they could have scored sixty if they wanted to, if they wanted to. But that's how bad we were on offense, three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, every down, three and out, three and out, three and out. Thank God for the three three turnovers. But, man, it was three and out every down with our offense. I, I, just, I, just, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't think there should be a scenario where Gaddis comes back. I think what he did was was inexcusable. This is like when Golden got fired after Clemson whooped up on him, and this is a fireable offense. This is this is what this is why Manny got fired at Texas, giving up six hundred and something yards of offense to another team, and Matt Brown fired him right after the game. This is a fireable offense. That first half the other night might be the worst we've ever seen. The first half the other night might be the worst we've ever seen. I've never seen a half of football like that anywhere. I've never seen a half of football like that anywhere. My my nephew's little league, my nephew's peewee leagues, you name the level of football. I've never seen any I've never seen anything like it. This is this is just incredible. This this is this is this is just incredible and and I feel bad for Mario because He's got some tough decisions to make, and it's not just Gaddis. That's going. That's just a trickle effect. That's just that's just the tip of the spear. You can't just fire Gaddis. Because who's going to come in under those circumstances? The running back coach can't recruit. Well, he hasn't. We haven't nailed any big time running backs, and especially if the rumors are true, what's supposed to leave leaves. It's Travante Citizen. That's the rumor. I'm not saying that it's the fact, but. Then the rumor that he may get up and walk out of here, and then and then who are we left with? There's no running back. I mean, I'd be surprised committed. if he, if if he does. I mean, he came here, he got hurt. I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, he's obviously a big part of the picture once he gets healthy. Uh, I mean, I would I would not be surprised if 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 you look at uh, Knighton, Cheney, Parrish. Those three, I wouldn't be surprised if one of them were to leave, but um, I would be surprised if Citizen leaves. If Citizen leaves, then what are we stuck with? If we got hit on Mark Fletcher, then then there's hope. You know, the wide receiver, uh, you know, recruiting, it's, it's been okay. It's been pretty good. You know, we didn't get the guys. We didn't get the elite league guys, but we got good guys. We got good guys. I give them that. But this Gaddis thing is going to turn out to be a huge nuclear bomb if he gets fired because you you can't just let him go. It's got to be. You're going to have to start thinning it out. Like, what do you tell Kevin Smith? 
You know, like what do you tell? You know, it can't just be him because an offensive coordinator is going to want to come in and bring in his own guys, at least two. And Gaddis had to pull double duties because there wasn't room for another coach, so he had to be wide receivers coach and the offensive coordinator. This is this is just I feel bad for Mario because this is a bad situation. He's going to have to break relationships after this season. And depending on what they do at Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh has a very good defense. Like, like where does he go from here, Gary? Where does he go? If he you know, I'm not saying he will. I'm not saying I know. I'm not saying you know. I'm saying yeah, I, honestly, I, 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 do, I do not. I do not know right now, uh, BK. I, I suspect, like everybody else, um, I do see the issues like everybody else. Um, I also understand the problems that are involved in all this. You know, they're they're trying to build a new $150 million facility. They've got NIL needs like crazy. Like, who's going to pay the tab of replacing coaches uh, that have multiple, multiple years left on their contracts? You're talking several million dollars, man. Like, who's going to pay for that? Right, and that's and, and that's the and that's the thing. Do you want to give Gaddis another shot? And then the same product goes out on the field next oh. year. Now you're oh, you, that, that's, that's you can't do that, right? I I understand. Like <laughs> you know, if, yeah. if if you stay, if you continue to roll the dice and hope it gets better, which might happen because of the reasons <laughs> I just stated, you're you're risking another year of underachievement when you're getting ready to turn half the roster. I mean, if they can make these scholarships count, this team could look entirely different next year. Right, they could. Right, they can, but they 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 got they they can't miss Gary. That's the thing. I'm I'm per, they, I'm they figuring this. I I think you're going to see 35 to 40 new faces in Miami Hurricanes uniforms uh, nine months from now. I believe it, but those 35 or 40 guys have to get in in January. Because if you got guys straggling, if you got twenty guys straggling in during uh, summer practice or fall practice, it's you got to have them in in January. Especially if Gaddis stays, they got to get that offense installed. Got to get that offense installed before the spring, during the spring, when fall practice comes, everybody's got to be ready to go. That's got to be somewhat clicking. I'm not saying it's got to be. Hundred percent, but it's got to be somewhat clicking, looking better than how it looked this year. And it's it's a tough sell. It's a tough sell. Yeah. Every time I watch Michigan play, I'm like, man, these guys are just running people over. <laughs> they just, you know, there's nothing fancy about the offense, but they just seem to just run people over. They just freaking they run counters all day and they're breaking it for sixty yards, fifty yards all, all day long. Yep, we'll see what happens, BK. I mean, it's going to be a very yeah, interesting this next week, man. Fasten your seatbelt. Hopefully they could pull off this pit win and Gaddis could look like something. Just give me some kind of hope because I'm, I, I, it's not looking good because of the money situation. Like, who wants to cut those big checks? Yeah, I don't, I don't know who's supposed to pay for that. That's a that's big, I'm assuming that's a big check. Gaddis is probably to buy him out. I bet will be $3 bucks. Jeez. Yep. 
So where's that, where's, that, where, where's that supposed to come from? Now you might be able to negotiate paying it off over more years or something, you know. Right. But but you know, that's a big big number, man. All right, BK, you got anything else tonight? Let's keep our fingers crossed. No, thanks a lot, Gary. As usual, thank you. All right, man. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. All right, uh, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh, the voice of the fan, Bruce Warner, is going to be popping on in a little bit here, and uh, I know he has a lot to say as the voice of the fan. The Canes fan apoplectic a little bit over what they saw this past weekend and really the entire season. Uh, but right now, let's go out to the 352. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, hey man, it's Andrew. I don't, I don't Who? even know what to say anymore. I don't even know what to say anymore, man. Who is this? I mean, Andrew. Oh, hey Andrew, how are you, man? I'm good, man. Listen, I don't know what to say anymore. I mean, it, this has got to be. I mean, clearly, if you're grading Mario's season, he gets an F. Right? I mean, what has possibly gone right for him at any point of this season? Uh, absolutely not, not nothing, probably. But, like, do you really blame him? I mean, look, here, here's the deal. You know, he comes in here. It's a horrific roster. Without the transfers that he brought in, I don't know that they win three games, the, you know, this year. Uh, you know, I, I really don't. You said, uh, that we were gonna, you said that we were going to the ACC championship game, though. Because of the transfers. And, 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 you know, the thing, the, the biggest miss to me, quite honestly, is, like, I look at, like, a Mitchell Agude. Like, he could have impacted this season more than he did, in, in my opinion. Um, you know, some of the transfers, obviously, uh, no. Uh, but, you know, I had higher hopes for these guys. I thought that they would make much bigger impacts than they did. And it, I have to see. I was, I was, I was, I was I mean, just wrong. wrong as I, huh? I know, but Gary, come on, Gary. How many years have we been blaming kids? You know, we're blaming these kids, but it's a coaching, it's a fundamental coaching problem that we have. This this school, this school has such a systemic problem. It's married to a history that's dead. It's dead. And it's married to it. It's not bringing in new blood. You know what we're doing? We're bringing in a guy who was on the 1991-1993 football team to be our head coach. You know what we're doing? We're bringing in an old athletic director. We're married to a past that's dead. And as soon as you realize that that past is dead and you have to change and do something different, you're never going to succeed. You've been, we've been blaming no. these kids for the, last, for the last 10 to 15 years. The blame has been on 18 to 20-year-old kids when it's clearly a coaching problem. Furman, Furman University put up 380 yards against that same Clemson defense. And you're telling me it's not Gaddis's fault? And the guy who put Gaddis in that position, Mario, who wants to run, an old-timey program on offense, it was a mistake. It's okay to admit you no, made listen, a mistake, not, but listen, the can first I, can part I, of it is I, wait, Can I stop you for a minute, and then I'll let you talk as much as you want. Let me just stop you for a minute, okay? 
Mario Cristobal comes in here, all guns blazing, and immediately has to, in, a, in about a three-week period of time, try to fortify the, uh, a horrible roster the best he can. And they missed on some of the transfers, no argument. Okay, They didn't get a chance to, eva- to evaluate them to the degree that they normally would. Uh, it was kind of like a grab bag approach, just take whatever you can get, try to make this roster better because this roster is really bad. Okay, that's 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 the cold hard facts of, of the situation. Wait, wait, let but me the finish. Okay. better than Furman. It's better than Furman. Okay, well that that is that's fair. Now, uh, what I think happened when when we watched this team at the beginning of the year against Bethune Cookman and Texas A and M, uh, they were nowhere near as bad as they ended up being for most of the year. And I know Texas A and M ended up not having a good season too, but. They competed their butts off at College Station, and you know I left College Station thinking, okay, like if, if, if they could take the next step, then you know they could they could have a decent season. What I think happened was that Mario kind of overbaked it a little bit. I think that he coached these kids like they were Alabama <laughs> from the from the get go, and when they did not have success. At Texas A&M, I think we saw a different football team from that point on. Would you agree with that? I think it was a weak football team predicated on the coaching who couldn't get their heads out of their ass. But let's be honest, Texas A&M was not a juggernaut. We should have won that game if you had just some intelligent play calling on the offensive side. Gaddis has been an anchor around our team's neck all year and holding everybody back, putting the defense in horrible positions. And the defense, listen, the reality is the defense is playing somewhat fundamentally good defensive football. Yeah, DJ Ivy's getting burned. The fact that they let him go out there is malpractice. He gets burned all the time, but at least they're playing fundamentally good defense. The offense has no imagination, zero imagination whatsoever. You remember that play when um, – you remember that play when Brown ran for 40 yards? Mm-hmm. Was, I think the first series in the, second, in the second half. He ran the first play. It was like a 40-yard run. What were the next three plays after that? It was A-gap, A-gap, A-gap. It was ridiculous. Who's calling these plays? And how can Mario sit there and allow it to continue? At some point, he should have pulled the reins away from, from, um, from Gaddis and given it to Ponce and let Ponce start calling plays. Because right, let me let me let, let me stop you again football. for let me stop you again for a second. Okay, so do you remember what the running game looked like at Texas A&M? Against, yeah, an S- against, against, SE, against SEC level athletes, so a couple of the best recruiting yeah, classes the, in college. Wait, 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 time out, man. Time, time out. You know, some of the best recruiting classes in college football the last few years. Do uh, you, you remember what the running game looked like? I do remember what the running game looked like. However, 170, it was 171 yards, right? 171 yards, right? Yeah. Okay. Have we seen anything since then? even like in the same stratosphere of the quality that we saw in that game that night? Is it possible that you are judging 
the season on an outlier? I mean, can no. it not just be an outlier because Texas A&M is not a good football team? I am judging it based on is what I saw with my own eyes. I'm judging based on what I saw with my own eyes. And what I'm saying is when that football team lost that game that night, after working for nine months, unlike anything that they had ever imagined and worked to a physical level and a commitment level on a daily basis that was so distinctly different than anything that they have ever experienced in their football lives. I saw those kids walking off the field that night and they were hurting, man. They played so hard and so physical and they were so beat up. And I think that they decided that night, whether consciously or subconsciously, that they never wanted to feel that way again, because I never saw that same football team ever again since that September evening in College Station. They were never close to that level. The next week, they didn't even show up against Middle Tennessee State, and it just snowballed from there. Losing, 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 and losing. And then the injuries started kicking in. Well, then the injuries started kicking in. And and everything else factors in. And attitudes. Huh? Gary, Gary, you're just giving an excuse to Mario, man. He's getting paid eight million dollars. Who says I'm giving an excuse? I'm trying to figure out like you what the heck happened. I mean, I, I never saw that happened. football team fourth again the whole two. year. That's not an excuse. Fourth, fourth and two this past weekend, Gaddis runs a check with me play right into the teeth of Clemson's defense. You remember that? It was that bullshit option call right into the numbers. And it was a check with me. And he let it go. How can Mario, who you claim to be a great CEO, a wonderful leader of men, allow his team to be treated this way by Gaddis? Gaddis is just disrespecting him. By running these plays and not changing it up. Gatt, do you really believe Gaddis ran three different types of offenses? No. Nah, I mean, I don't know what, he, what he's talking about in that. I mean, what, what he, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't see three different types of offenses, so I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, Gaddis is – Gaddis, think about Gaddis. Gaddis comes here as the Broyles Award winner. Uh, thinking that he's on the cusp of a head coaching job, and now he's sitting there thinking my career has been destroyed. So he's trying to save face. Yeah, you know? well, he destroyed his own career. He destroyed his own career. That's his choice. Because yeah. there's enough talent on that team to beat Middle Tennessee State. There's enough talent on that team to compete. Okay, nobody was expecting – ACC oh. champions this year, but just competing. We're tired. I'm, I'm telling you that I think it was a years. total – I'm telling you I thought it was a total mental meltdown is what I thought. That's the only, I, that's I the only thing that, I could put my finger on as I look at the season. Total mental meltdown. Why would Mario – why would he melt down? Why would Mario – Not Mario. Down? Mario didn't melt down. I think the team melted down under the demands that Mario was placing upon them. Mario is the team. If the team melts down, that means Mario's melted down. I mean, he is the team. It is his program. The buck stops with him. He has to figure out, hey, 
my offensive coordinator is not what I thought he was. I need to make a switch. He can coach the wide receivers. Ponce can call the plays until okay. I figure out how to solve this problem. Do you think the receivers had a, had a good enough year that you can just say, oh, let's have them coach the receivers? The receivers were abysmal this year. Well, I mean, isn't that kind of – I mean, if you're getting rid of Gaddis, you're getting rid of Gaddis. You're not moving him to receiver coach and elevating Frank Pont. Like, I don't think that's what they would do, but – No, I'm saying just mid-season as a stopgap because you have no other choice. You had to pull Gaddis and let Ponce call the play because there's no imagination on that offense. Remember when – you remember when Meyer came in, Urban Meyer came in, and, he, and, and the triple option started to get run? And, like, nobody had seen it, really, until Urban Meyer brought it to the table. Innovated college football. You know, there's so many people out there. Even, even Dan Mullen innovated college football some. But is Gaddis innovating college football by any stretch of the imagination? No. 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 No, the offense was horrendous hey, hey, this year. Hey, but I know it's be, hey, we we hey. all know that. Other than the North Carolina game, I mean, we're not going to talk about Bethune Cookman. Other than the North Carolina game, the offense was horrendous this year. It's, so. it's, it's, we'll see it's what happens, man. Years, Garrett. I'll let you go, but come on, man. You've got to acknowledge one thing. It's been 20 years of yep. absolute misery. How can the fans, How can the fans stick with this product? Got to hang in there, man. They're, they're getting ready to turn half the roster here in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> Literally, I don't seriously, think it's a roster issue. It's, it's not, absolutely it's well. You can't blame it on the coaching. Uh, you can't blame it on the wholesale on the coaching staff that just got here. You know, I mean, you, you can't. I mean, this was a horrible roster this year. Okay, they they didn't do. They could have done better with it. I'll agree with you on that. But it was a, it was a horrible roster. You know, and and it's going to get overhauled. You're going to see probably 25 to 30 guys that are, have eligibility left to come back next year, you're going to see them given pink slips. And, and six of them have a, it, and I'll let you go. I'm going to let you go after this, but I have one more question. Why is it that we see so many other first-year head coaches have so much more success than our first-year head coach? And let me give you an because, example. Because okay. there's enough talent in those programs. There's enough talent in those programs that they, they were able to come in and make a difference with their coaches. How, how in those programs, when their coach got fired last year at LSU and USC, those coaches got fired last year because they were not producing on the field. But you're telling me that that was solely based on talent? Come on, it's coaching. It's putting your players in a position to succeed. And I, and I just agreed with you that they could have done a better job this year. There's no doubt about it. I mean, Gaddis had a horrible so year. How much I'm, not arguing, I'm not arguing how with much anything you're saying at all. I'm just saying that they're getting ready to turn half the roster, and then we'll see what happens. How much of a leash does Mario get? Does he get the full four let me tell you five something. years? 100%. If Mario Cristobal can't get this thing straightened out, then it's not getting straightened out. I'll tell you that right now. There is so much work to be done here, and I've never seen anybody with the work ethic that this guy has, and they are going to have to recruit their tails off here the next couple of years, and that's his forte. And I think by 2025, 20, no, 2024, I think you're going to see a whole different looking product. I hope I'm right. That's what I think. I think it'll be better next yeah, year. Boy. I think it's going to be better next year, 
and then and then by the following year, it should be a lot better. If he keeps Gaddis, it ain't happening. And I think yeah. everybody knows that, but him, because he should have let him go already. Should have let just let Ponce call no. it the last the last game of the year. No, that's not really fair to Ponce, quite frankly. But you know, we we don't need to get into a whole debate about that. All right, man. Thank you. Um, thank you for being part of the show. Good, good, good points. Have a great night. Take care. All right, a little tough, a little tough there, but you know, listen. I mean, it's it's a horrendous season, and when there's a horrendous season, everybody is open for introspection. Uh, I just think, like I said, that you're all in here with Mario Cristobal and his overall vision, his track record, his experiences at Alabama and Oregon. I mean, you know, he built a very, very good team in a few years at Oregon. I'm expecting him to do the same thing here, especially with NIL um, behind him. I think it even positions him even more to get some of the better players. And you're seeing a recruiting class right now where they might have uh, as many as three five-star players in the class, which I believe would probably be possibly be unprecedented. I don't remember Miami ever having three five-star players. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 386. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, how we doing tonight, Gary? Doing great. Who's this? This is Will. Hey, what's up, Will? How hey, you doing I'm- this week? All right. Hey, I I kind of agree with the uh, caller you just hung up with. The book stops at the top. But my thing is, in the past, all the assistant coaches that have gotten fired at Miami, what has it fixed? It didn't fix anything. Uh, A year or two later, the head coach ended up getting fired. So all of these assistants in the past that have gotten fired, I mean, everybody talking about, Fire Gaddis. We fired offensive and defensive coordinators in the past, but what did it fix, though? Yeah, it's not about scapegoating guys right now, for sure, Will. I mean, now, you know, Gaddis has had an exceptionally horrendous season. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, Mario came in all guns blazing. He, he may have overbaked it a little bit with these kids. I don't know that they were mentally or physically ready to handle what he was asking of them and throwing at them. I do think they caved mentally. Uh, but he's trying to lay a foundation. He's trying to lay down a standard for this program that will sustain itself for many, many years. And uh, you can't blame him for that. I mean, that's what he's here for. And he's looking big picture way beyond this season. Well, um, you got listeners out there listening to your program that's afraid <laughs> afraid to come on your show. They know you're a big uh, Mario fan. Why they can and, come on the show? Not gonna bite them. Well, no, they feel like if they ask a question that you know, um, sounding no. like they're going against Mario, then you're gonna jump on them and eat them up on the radio. But anyway, I want to. No, say no, no, no. We respect every opinion. I may not agree with them. I mean, so let, let me let me touch. go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I think Mario could have gone softer on this team and maybe had a better record this year. But, you know, what if he was a six and five right now instead of five and six and wasn't laying the foundation the way he's trying to for for future winning? Is that really accomplishing anything this year? I would say no. 
Well, let me ask this. Uh, these these players that, you know, everyone expecting to go and transfer Porter that, you know, he say he can't win with, but you keep throwing them out there every week and getting back. So why not start with these younger guys? I mean, especially you, I think Miami bought in like four or five DBs. Why not go ahead on and start these guys, live with what you got, they, they're not they, ready, they're not ready to be out on the field. You're getting bashed every week anyway. But they're not ready to be on the field, Will. I mean, they're not ready to handle it. But, Gary, what you putting out there, you getting bashed anyway. I, you know, here, let me give you an example. I, I was talking to Kevin Steele the other day, and I asked him, I said, how many defensive calls do you have? He said 106. Okay, so a kid before he can go out on the field has to be able to uh, execute 106 calls. He's got to know what he's supposed to do on every one of them. Now, some of them are variations off each other, obviously. I mean, it's not 160 defensive different defenses, but they have to like know what the heck they're doing. They got to be able to go out there and execute and make split second decisions on the fly to be part of the defense or else it doesn't work. And um, I'm trying to, I can't remember what game it was. It might've been middle Tennessee. Uh, I remember they put Jaden Harris out there and, and the first plays on the field, he gave up an 80 yard touchdown guy ran right by him. Done curtains. Like those kids weren't ready to play, man. I mean, they, I mean, if they were, they would have put them out there. Now, will they ever be ready to play? How many times did that happen to DJ Ivy? Well, DJ Ivy is a whole different story. He just doesn't have foot speed. Um, these kids theoretically have foot speed. They just don't know what they're doing yet. And, um, you know, I, I think that some of them are going to be asked back. And I think some of them may not be asked back. Okay, let, 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 me, let me move on. I, I got one or two more things here. Um, one thing that myself and a lot of Kings fans, you know, that we discuss a lot. Mario was signed to a ten year contract. So if, if if this thing is not working out, how many years are we stuck with him? Yeah, hopefully you're not gonna be stuck. I mean, look at the talent they're bringing in just in this recruiting class. I mean, it is going to get better. I mean you know, you're seeing the level that this program's being run at. Okay? I mean it's going to get better. Now, are they going to be playing for championships in two years, three years, four years? You know, we don't know that, man. There's so many variables there. Um, but it is going to get better. And I wouldn't look at it as being stuck with a coach that's just getting started. I mean, he, he came in last December and had a few weeks to recruit. <laughs> I mean, he didn't get a chance to do anything significant. It was a grab bag in the transfer portal. They brought a couple impactful kids in. But – they didn't have a chance to really work this thing. Well, I tell you, the only reason, I'm just going to be honest, the only reason why I haven't jumped off the Mario Cristobal bandwagon completely is because he is in his first year. But I wouldn't have never thought this. In all of my years of being a Hurricane fan, him coming in, I wouldn't have never, ever thought this, which I want to put you on the spot. But do you think that Mario Cristobal is an upper excellent coach? I hate to put you on the spot, but I, I want to know. I mean, 
let's I mean, where can we judge him? I mean, I'd much rather judge him at Oregon than at FIU. But I mean, he did he did get some things done at FIU. But at Oregon, what what they win two two pack titles? They won the Rose Bowl. He's only a head coach there. What four years? I think with with that, I'm trying to remember if he won two or three conference titles. I mean, he had a pretty good run at Oregon there, and and had a really good team coming back this year. You know, they may make the Pac championship game this year. We'll see. I mean, they screwed up their Washington game. But, uh, I mean, he he did a pretty damn good job at Oregon. He put up the best recruiting classes in the history of the school. Went out recruiting two years ago. Landed at Oregon, a school in the middle of nowhere in the Pacific Northwest. The top player from nine different states. Nine different states. Well, see, that, that's another thing you know. That's another thing that eats at me. When he was at Oregon, a lot of these players that, you know, he says he can't win with at Miami, he was trying to recruit at Oregon. I mean, am I right or wrong? Some of them, but not um, a lot of them. Uh, one thing I disagree with you wholeheartedly on, you say, you know, Mario can't fix it. It can't be fixed. I, I, I disagree with that. Oh, I feel like, you're telling me someone like a proven coach like a Ed Orgeron or Dan Mullins, or I, I maybe even take a chance on someone like a Ken Doris to come in here and wipe the slate clean and dust no things chance. off and, you know. Ken Dorsey, no chance. Huh? Ken, Dor- Ken Dorsey, no chance. Not because he does, he's not a good X and O football coach, but this job eats human beings alive, man. This is such a hard job here at Miami. You know, everybody says, oh, South Florida, you got all this talent. Uh, South Florida talent has not been producing recently the way uh, it's reputed to produce. Um, That makes it tougher because you're expected to get these kids in South Florida. And uh, if they're not becoming great players, then, you know, what's the point you got? And then the ones that, that are the best players, you've got the top schools in the country coming down here that you have to go head to head with and try to recruit them. And, uh, you know, you don't have the facilities yet. They're going to have the facilities uh, until this year. You didn't have the proper budgets. Uh, you know, this is a hard job, man. And, and you got to be a freaking tough son of a gun uh, to, uh, to manage it. And you got to have a work ethic that is unlike any other man on, on planet earth, which is Mario. And I think he's got a chance to be very successful here. Now he's got to go do it. And it's going to take more than well, nine months. That if anyone's ready to give up on him after nine months, uh, no, he's not going to meet that expectation for sure. Well, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to, it's going to be my last comment. The thing, the thing that, that, that eats at me the most, like the previous caller, say I agree 100%. You got teams like, okay, look how Notre Dame and LSU started out, and, and their coaches were able to right the ship, but it seems – I'm, I mean, I'm just looking for improvement. You don't have to win the, the Coastal. You don't have to go to a New Year's Day bowl game, the ACC championship. Just in right the ship and improve the team, but it seems like week after week after week, this team is just getting worse, and the buck stops at the top. That's all I got to say tonight. Appreciate you taking my call. All right, man. Great talking to you as always. 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh, let's go out to the 786. You are live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? 
Hey, Gary, what's up? Who's this? It's Everything 305. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing this week? Not hanging in there. Gary, I, I, I you know, realize it's been a rough year. You know, I totally get that. Um, a lot of things that we didn't see coming to fruition except for one guy who, for the last, I don't know, couple of years has tried to really keep it real, even though we call him the gloom and doomer. But Matt, all the points that Matt was making in March, in April, um, during the summer, all those points really came to fruition. We talked about it not being a high-talent-laden team. We talked about even the positions where we had some quality players, there wasn't quality depth behind those players, or there was just young players. So when you look at all that and you look at the inability uh, of Mario, and, and let's stop blaming Gaddis here for everything. Let's go ahead. Where, let's, let's, let's go to the top because that's where it starts and that's where it's going to end. Their inability to go ahead and structure things around the talents of their primary player on offense and Tyler Van Dyke was their demise. Understanding that the slow – ground, pound, physical, all the things that pretty much make up who Mario is, your talent wasn't consistent or could not align with that. And when that happens, a great coach has to adapt. And there's one You know, I mean, let me stop you just for let me stop you for one second. And I get what you're saying. And I would agree with you except for one thing. Uh, at Texas A and M, they ran the ball for 171 yards. I mean, they look like everything Mario Cristobal wants his football team to look like up there, the way they were physical, oh, you're, the, you're way they, the way they were running the ball. For, but, but like I said to one of the callers earlier, something happened that night, and I think it was those kids didn't like the way they felt after that game. <laughs> I, I really do. Oh, I know this sounds I'll be insane. More, be a little bit more specific as to what actually happened after that night. And remember, we played that night with uh, supposedly a, a first-round pick on the offensive line coming back, and he obviously should not have even hit the field because he really wasn't ready to play. Uh, and then you, from that game going forward, you lose three more offensive lines. Okay, so that's part of the equation. One of the best things I learned at an early age is if you don't know what you have personnel-wise, you're going to go ahead and put that group and yourself in bad predicaments when you don't know your guys. And you can try to make me into something that I'm not, but at the end of the day, when the bullets fly, I revert back to who I am. And that's not just one guy. That's every guy up front in the offensive line. Well, guess what? The injuries came, and more and more we were exposed. So that's a big part of it. So now what can you do as a coach? What do you do as a teacher? What do you do as someone that's trying to solve a problem? You try to adapt to the circumstances that you currently have to deal with. Fortunately, Gary, that's the biggest failure that Mario has had. You know, Josh mentioned today, hey, we run three different type of offenses. Nah, well, you've tried three different type of approaches because there's a different quarterback maybe. But if you look at every every local guy or every former guy that's played coach that – has their own YouTube channel or 
They have their own platform, guys who know the game. The common denominator is the same thing. There is no consistency in the approach from week in and week out. You got guys making some horrible mistakes. I mean, there is something here that has been exposed. Yes, Mario's to blame. But Mr. Gaddis, he's never going to recover from this. And I'm going to tell you why. Because if you talk to Alonzo Highsmith, to him, which I know you talked to him a ton and you're very well plugged in with him, he told you, Tyler Van Dyke's a first-round draft choice. There's no doubt, Gary. That's a consensus before. You talk to any major NFL scout out there, especially the guys that played at UM who are still out there, and we've got like six that are doing a great job in the NFL right now. You talk to them, and the consensus was there. And it wasn't being homers. It's the truth. This guy, his inability to stand up tomorrow and say, we're going to do this, or we're not going to be able to function. You've got to give up what you, what you want to do sometimes for what you have, and that wasn't the case. And that's why this has been – then all the injuries come about. Why? Some of the biggest injuries you've had are because of your ineptitude in the offensive line. Again, trying to do things that don't the, – the, the fact that um, – the fact that turnover that Jay Garcia had. You want, to, you want to know how many teams have used that same pressure package? Six. And all six have been able to go ahead and force a turnover on Jay Garcia. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Or, or here's, the best, here's the worst part, Gary. Or here's the major indictment. Or it's hurt that quarterback. Basically gotten that kid killed. So I am so sorry. Mario is to blame. Mario is the one who's the guy, and he needs to fix it. And I'm going to tell you something. And some people might get upset about it. We were all talking about the barbershop Monday morning. Uh, after breakfast, we all went there, and we all talked about it. You're talking about guys from all type of ethnicities, religions, uh, socioeconomic, all, all ball guys. We're all ball guys. And, and different ages, 30s and the 60s like me and the 50s. And one guy pops is in the 70s, 74 years old, used to be the office coordinator at Springs. We all talked about it, and we all said the same thing. This guy was very fortunate to be under Jimmy at Michigan, and he possesses all the traits that help you your market value. When you look at his body of work, he was he's had some great experiences, but to be the the true play caller, I mean, he was horrible year one at Michigan as the OC. They had a major offensive line issues, but the talent was there. They were just kind of young. It took those kids a year to figure out the second year, look how much better they got. So I think, if anything here, Mario's to blame for not being flexible enough. And number two, Gaddis is a fraud. Because the, the, the same mistakes that are happening, they're inexcusable. So I were Mr. Gaddis, I would definitely, because he's had, he's had chances before, go take an assistant QB job in the NFL, and move on. If you're going to move on, where you move on to is the NFL. And, and you know what? You told me this a long time ago. I forget the running back coach we used to have with, with Mark. And you said, you, you, you told me, you said, everything, that guy's going to coach in the NFL. Watch. And I kept telling you, Thomas Brown's value isn't that high. And, and two years later, where was he? It was at the Rams. So he's going he's, he's gonna to get a great opportunity. I just don't think 
he is the guy to run an offense right now. I don't think he's that guy. I think he's been exposed, and, and he's going to be known for someone that got Tyler Van Dyke's career totally, totally. Yeah, and and, I mean, and they want boy. they want Tyler back next year, okay? And I don't know if Tyler comes back to do the same thing again. Like, I, you know, he can't. I, you know, yeah. You I mean, I think. The biggest, go ahead. Jerry, the biggest indictment of how bad you are as a coordinator, okay, is when. The incoming, the supposed incoming commitment that just made, I think it's four and a half million dollars over five years with UM over the summer. Jaden Rashada backs the hell out. You want to know why he backs the hell out? It's not that Florida came up with so much more money. It's that he knows this guy's going to get him killed. This guy does not does not understand how to utilize the talents of a quarterback and how to make things yeah. specific to what that quarterback can and can yeah, do. I don't disagree, but it's not so much better at Florida either. That kid, I, that kid had one foot out before he, he even jumped in. You know, they're better off without him. He wasn't, be he wasn't, he wasn't committed. They're better off without a kid like that. But, but you got to admit, it doesn't look good. It really doesn't. It's a bad no. look. It's a bad object. But Emory Williams is, is all in, and they'll have Emory Williams come in, and uh, if hopefully they'll have Tyler come back, and and then they'll, uh, you know, I don't know if they'll bring a quarterback from the portal or not. Um, you know, they're going to have a shortage of quarterbacks in the program. I don't think Peyton Matosha is going to make the cut for next year. So, uh, and I think Jake Garcia is going to probably leave. So, I'm, you know, they're going to have a shortage of quarterbacks. So, I don't know exactly uh, how they're going to manage that, but. Uh, you know, I, I mean, it is what I, I it is. Jake, I mean, I think Jake ends up either at Iowa or Nebraska. Um, and those conversations have been in play for a while now, anyway, previous to all this. But I think he'll end up at one of those two spots. You know, his dad wasn't walking at, at Lincoln, so I think he's going to end up at one of those two spots, and they'll have a spot for him. But he's got to be coached up. Um, he he was he, he was totally failed and. And another guy that keeps being brought up here as a guy who um, all of a sudden come in and run the offense, and you know he's you know he's got a great experience. I mean, Frank Ponce has accountability here too. Let's not go ahead and just put it all on, on, on the head coach and the OC. I mean, you got basic things that quarterbacks have not doing any better. I went to the Georgia Tech game, very first game I've gone into since the pandemic. I was right at right at the thirty five yard line, row seven, row eight, and. I could see clear path vision to what Frank's doing, and he ain't doing much. Walking around and pacing around, but he ain't really coaching those kids. And when they do, when he do comes, when he does come up to them, you know, it's like you can tell he doesn't know what the hell's going on either. Epitome of dysfunction across the board on offense, and that's why, as as Andrew mentioned earlier, a team like Furman can put over you know over 350 yards, and, and we can't even crack a hundred. Mm-hmm. I mean that's 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 the proof, right? So Mario's going to have to look hard at this, man. I mean, it, you know, it, 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 he's going to have to look hard hard at it. There's no no argument from me on that. I mean, you can't just you can't just say, oh, it's just the kids. I mean, because you could clearly see it wasn't just the kids. Now the kids didn't do their part, but it wasn't just the kids. I mean, you know, especially what you're noting with the quarterbacks and 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 you know the offense in general. So. We'll see what happens, man. It's going to be last an interesting thing, next few weeks. Last thing, Gary. Last thing. Yep. Last thing yep. I can before I go. You got it. It's not just what you mentioned. It's going forward with Jacory. 
Dr. Corey has tremendous potential. So whoever's going to come in has to be a guy that can incorporate both components of being a quarterback, both those areas, and refine his touch and get him to be a more accurate passer. You need a quality quarterback coach to come in here. because I'm not 100% sure that he's going to be back. Well, I don't want to, you know, I, I, I can't say I one way or the other, Bobby. but I'm not 100% sure that he's going to be back. I, I think that there's going to be people, uh, maybe by the name of someone like a Rhett Lashley, for example, that might have an interest in him coming into their program. So we'll see. Everybody's a free agent Here. on the fifth. Well, we, we hopefully, if you had to go ahead and put your money on it right now, uh, we lose by we lose by twenty plus on Saturday, or we find a way to win. I think they got a chance to win. I, I you know, I think you know Pittsburgh's got a very good defense. They're going to have to obviously do do some things better on offense. I hope they go with Jake. I really do. I think they can do more offensively with him than they can with Jacurry. Uh, but you know, I do think that the kids are going to play hard. I think the kids that are going to be out there know that there's a cut day coming this week. And if they want to be in this program, then they're going to play hard on Saturday. If, if, if they don't, then they shouldn't even get on the field. Uh, so I think they got a chance. I think they, I do. Uh, you know, I'm not writing the, the game, the game off at this point. I, I, you know, I think that they'll, you know, they'll convince, they'll get themselves ready to play for the seniors and we'll see what happens. All right, my friend. You be well. Go Canes. All right, everything. How are you? I mean, all right, everything. Thank you. I didn't mean to say how are you. <laughs> uh, thanks be for being well, part of the show. Be well. Yep. All right. Bye-bye. My pleasure. All right, 563-999-3550, um, Let me go ahead and bring uh, Bruce Warner, the voice of the fan, onto the show now and, and um, Get, get, get a little different viewpoint in on all this, and then we'll get back to you to your calls. Um, Bruce, you with us? Well, I'm here. So you've been listening. You I'm sure for, I know you've been listening for the first hour. Um, yep. Your thought, your thoughts on what you're hearing so far tonight? Everybody's right, and everybody's wrong. There's so much that happened this season. One of the callers said he hasn't seen anything like this. I haven't seen anything like this, and I'm sure you haven't seen anything like this. And I'm not talking about when Butch got here after the Pell Grant stuff. We had to start all over. That's different than this. The expectations were so high because Mario was coming and the staff he put together. But the one thing that none of us really knew, what Mario found out, as we all found out in the spring, that these guys weren't workers. They're not that good. They're not that talented. And everything just fell apart. If you look at every phase of this team, strength and conditioning, the injuries, the bad, you know, the stupid penalties, um, the drop balls, the offensive line, the linebackers, the DBs, there's so much wrong with the team that we all thought was all Mario had to do was walk in the door and say, hey, let's go, and we're going to win eight, nine, ten games, maybe even run the table. So, there's so much that we look forward to, and now the bottom drops out. Um, you know, you could point fingers every which way, but Mario, I believe, is going to be able to fix this, like you're saying, and I think in two years, because I'm looking at positives. 
I think the positives for me is that he's purging the team, that he's not coming in here saying, well, I'm going I'm to make these guys better. He's tried. It's not happening. So now he's going to do what he was revolted against what he was trying to do. Really? I mean, yeah, you know, from, from that Texas A&M game on, like what I said, this team was done. Like they were finished for the season, (laughs) but we we didn't see an effort like that again. No, never again, never again. And actually we saw more like middle Tennessee than we did Texas A&M, which is sad, but I don't know if they're burnt out. I don't know if you could use that excuse from game, Three all the way to game two. Not an excuse. Let me make that clear. It's no, not an excuse. I Even understand. if I'm right, it's I'm, not an excuse. Right. I understand. So that's my point. You can't say that the rest of the season they were tuned out or burnt out because they did play well in some games. They were tough in some of the games, even though they lost. North Carolina, whatever. They, there was so much wrong with the team. I'll start at the top. Mario has to be blamed for some of this. But, again, when everybody's saying he should have been fired, Gaddis, and this guy fired, and that guy fired, I don't think Mario's that type of human being. I don't think he's going to do it. I think he's going to, you know, he took it on the chin. I believe that Gaddis is going to be gone. I don't think there's any question. I don't think Ponce will be back. There's a few other guys that may or may not be back. I don't know that much about any rift between some of our coaches and our players. I know these kids love Demarcus Van Dyke. Whether he gets boosted up or not, that I don't know. But I know they love this guy. Um, and, you know, and so there's so many mistakes, but when you look at the recruiting class and if we keep these guys and we do wind up with a few more of these guys and he purges out the guys he doesn't want. So I'll look at this year as this was like a big exhibition, not a game, but a season. All this is a big one, big preseason for him because we know what's coming. We know that the recruiting class will be good next year. They'll have some veterans have a lot of young kids that are going to play. Probably have all the young linebackers we we you know like we had a couple of years ago where they all started as freshmen. We may see something like that again with Bryant and uh, and a and, and a Geary and a, a Sans has really turned into a player. You got to love that kid. So and I think the DBs will be different. I don't think we're going to see any of these guys next year, except maybe Kinchins. Um, and so I look at it as he's purging out what he has to purge. He's going to move forward. This year was a one big experiment. Some of it went, went wrong. I, I happen to believe that all those weeks and weeks and weeks where he wasn't naming or getting the offensive and the defensive coordinators, I don't know what happened. Do you know what happened? Do you know why it took so long? Yeah, I, I think he he had guys that he, he – I think he was shooting for the moon, man. I think he was trying to get some real dudes, and, and he had to work through the process and try to land them. Well, he didn't get Candle, right? So that was one of the ones he apparently really. I'm not wanted. sure. I'm not it. sure Candle ever got offered. I'm not sure about that one. I don't. Okay. I don't. Well, I, think, he, I think they. I think they went pretty far down the road. But you know, Candle's a head mm-hmm. coach. He was going to have to give up a head coaching job to come be an offensive coordinator. And how many guys really are willing to do that? You know. Yeah, I forgot what he was over there. So anyway, um, I just think he's going to make some changes with his staff. Um, I don't know if he's going to change his philosophy on offense, but he, he's going to have to because he, he can't do this. Now, I, I look at some of these names that I mentioned, um, the same, and there's Cooper. Wow. Here's a kid that committed somewhat late. He's a massive kid. He got thrown in there because they had no other choice, and he's knocking people on their ass. This kid is playing hard. I look at mm-hmm. him as definitely a, a four-year starter. Um, you know, and, and of course, getting young. Holy smokes, that came out of left field. 
But they got him. But, he had, but then he hasn't done anything the last couple of weeks. Well, how can he? He's got nobody blocking for the quarterback, and the quarterback's banged up, but he's got guys that can't throw any more than five yards, if that. So that, that's a hard thing to, to judge. Kobe Young, because he was special, he is being, you know, now they're putting a safety over the top of him. So it's not easy. You saw Restrepo get open the other day on the second play, and bang, what happens? All he had to do was throw a lollipop. But no, the kid doesn't have any touch, so he sails it over his head. And, you know, for the good that you see with, with Brown, there's a lot of bad. But I like his upside, but do we have the patience to wait two or three years I mean, this kid that, to get that much better? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it, like, you know, I don't know what where, where his uh, end point is going to be. But, you know, a lot of people question me on, you know, my evaluations of him in training camp. And, I mean, that's what I was watching 80% of the time all through the fall. Like, that's exactly what I was watching. And, and, and I mean, yeah. I'm sitting there thinking, like, no, this is not – you know, they're not going to have time – at that point, they had Rashada coming in, Emery Williams coming in. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody knew that Jake Garcia was going to implode. And I'm just watching that on the practice field, sometimes with nobody covering anybody. And I'm thinking to myself like this, they're not going to have time to develop him to where he will ever play quarterback here. Like that was, that was you know, my thoughts at the time. Uh, where it's going mm-hmm. from here, I have, I have no idea. I don't know if they're going to start him or Jake against Pittsburgh. Uh, but I do think that he might go seek a different program, maybe where the offense is more geared uh, to him, and mm-hmm. SMU could end up being that place. I, I mean, we'll see. I don't think it's out yep. of the question. No, I don't, I don't think it's out of the question. But then again, uh, they're really banking on Van Dyke coming back next year because if he does it, then they're really stuck. Yeah, they're I think really he's going to get a big NIL deal, and I think, I, yep. I, I think it's something that – uh, I think he could announce he's coming back as soon as next week. Yeah, and I agree with that. And I also think that if they do get rid of Gaddis, which I think they're going to do, um, maybe be, people disagree, but I think he's gone. Um, I think that's going to be something that they have to look forward to. They've got to get a, an innovative offensive coordinator. They have to. Uh, some of the stuff that we saw this year is just incredible, mind-boggling, mind-blowing. It, the red zone offense, it's like, what happened? It's like you're watching a high school game. It was terrible. Um, yeah. So, and, 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 and then look, let's look at the other side of the field. I've been saying it all year. You guys know I've been saying it all year. They don't have the defensive tackles. I don't care what anybody tells me how great Taylor is. He's not a true defensive tackle in, in the sense of, of the DPs we've had here in the past. He's not a run stuffer. He runs up the field. Uh, and, and, you know, the other kid, Jackson's okay. He's got, he doesn't have – he doesn't have a lot of bulk on him. He's not a run stuffer. He sometimes takes on two blocks. You know, they, they still got to get tougher in the interior and bigger. The linebackers, there's nothing to discuss. The young kids are going to be playing next year with the Saints, uh, and that's it. And the DBs, they're going to let these kids run. If they get into a bowl game, you're going to see a lot of these kids play. I hope, they, I hope that happens. I want them to win. I know, see, man. You, I don't. Been they don't I know. I know they don't think they're ready right now, Bruce. Uh, you know, I've I've inquired into that. They just they didn't feel comfortable uh, putting him out there. Hey, um, well, these why don't you guys hang, might be gone. Why don't you? Um, kids may take off. What? Wait, what'd you say? Some of them might be gone. 
some of these DBs might be gone before they get to the Oh, playoffs. they're definitely so going to be gone. There's several of them that are not going to be back. And, and I have right. my thoughts on who, on who those might be. I'm trying to stay away from that because the last I thing I, I want to do, Bruce, is start throwing names out there of kids that are going to mm-hmm. you know, get cut or not be back and end up being wrong. <laughs> okay. So right. like, well, what, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do, I really don't want to do that. I don't think that's accurate, but, but you know, what I'm saying is I don't want to say so-and-so is going to get cut, not going to be asked back right. or is going to go oh, into I the portal I'm not saying. And, and end up being wrong. And then I'm, I look like a fool, a fool, but there's going to be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of departures next week. Uh, watch. Hey, Bruce, yeah, why don't you, you know, um, damn well, you know damn well you get blamed for everything anyhow. So what does it matter? No, yeah, it doesn't matter. In this case, it matters. I want. I don't want to be unfair yeah, to those kids. I know. You know. I want right, to do the right thing. thing. I want to do the right thing by the kids. Why don't you stay on the line? Uh, let me get some more of these callers on, and um, okay, and sure. uh, why don't you stay with me for a bit? Uh, let's go to the seven two seven seven two seven. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey Gary, it's Jake from St. Pete. How you doing? What's up, Jake? How you doing this week? Oh, doing good. That uh, fortunately, I was cooking for a holiday party and uh, only had to catch that in uh, um, passing as the as the night was going on. But I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. I, I could have called a, a better offense in that first half, and uh, I don't do that for a living. It's uh, it's pretty amazing that that guy uh, actually gets do what he does. In a college uh, football world where you have zero margin for error week to week. If you're going to be good and you're going to compete for championships, you can't lose you know, games and have bad games like that. I mean, that was a horror show. You know, Gary, I, I've told you this before. I don't want to compete for championships. I want to win games. Uh, let, let, let's, start with, let, let's start with the basics. Let's win games. Uh, and I'm not even talking Clemson. But let's, let, let's beat Middle Tennessee. Let's beat Duke. Uh, let, let's start there. You know, Rome wasn't built in the day. You, you, you gotta, you gotta begin somewhere. Uh, one of the guys earlier said, you, "You're chasing ghosts here." I've, I've said this for years. They, they beat Virginia. They beat Virginia Tech. They beat Georgia Tech. Oh, we beat two win teams without a pulse. I mean, this <laughs> hey, is the worst you gotta season. start somewhere, Jake. You gotta start somewhere, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. But you got to beat the teams that, that you're supposed to beat, and we haven't this year. And, and, and then beyond that, I'm sick of hearing about this. Uh, uh, th- th- there's no talent on this team. You, you can't win with it. They went 7-5 and five this year. That's now an actual impossibility. Um, the likelihood is we finish 5-7, and seven, which is two losses worse than what was a season that got Manny Diaz fired. This is the same team returning. Uh, less Charleston Rambo. Um, you know what? Go find the Charleston Rambo. I'm sorry. Uh, one uh, Charleston Rambo wasn't worth that many wins last year. You picked up Akeem Mesidor, this and that, uh, Daryl Jackson. So enough, enough. The seven and five was the baseline, and Mario absolutely failed to accomplish that. Absolutely failed. Bottom line. I, I think you're right. I think you're right, Jake. I thought I thought nine was the baseline. I think you're right. It should have been seven. No, and... no. If you asked me, ten and two was the standard, and especially Texas A&M sucks. So you know what? Ten and two should have been a, a, a possibility as well. So we are literally at half 
of that win total. Um, that's an embarrassment. And even, you know, like nine and three was pretty much the consensus. You know, uh, you're going to lose to Clemson. You're going to lose to A&M possibly. And then one other team. But like, North Carolina, and here's maybe. the other thing is, is last year, you know, yeah, we, there were three games we won by 10 points. There were three games we lost by 10 points, but you know, like, I'm sorry, this is, you, you've been pushing this narrative of like the team lost it and got fragile. They got their asses handed to them by Alabama to start the season. They, that, that Michigan state game, I was there that, the score was worse than the game was. They were in that until about four minutes left in the game, and then it got ugly really quick. But the uh, that team didn't give up, and then they they went on to go five and one to finish off the season after a very poor start to the to the year. So you know, again, same players. So what? I, I'm how was it the same, how the same under players? The how was it the same players? The offensive line was gone, right? The quarterback got. What hurt. do you mean? Uh, who who's gone? Uh, uh, oh, oh, Jared Williams, the the undrafted free agent. Uh, I'm sorry, Jalen Rivers went down in game number one. Scaife got injured several games. Navon Donaldson was in and out. Like you know, I mean, come on. It, it, it Derek King got injured the first game of the season. Your star quarterback. They figured it out. They made it happen or at least made it palatable. And we thought last year was bad. Like <laughs> they, they had a, a, an unknown commodity with, with, with uh, Tyler Van Dyke. The, the, uh, the reality is, is that the Eric King was our star quarterback. He went, basically went down in the Alabama game, tried to hobble around for two more. And then you had a guy who had zero starting uh, experience and I, I, I'm pretty sure zero snaps played. They made it work. I'm sick of these excuses. Like, you know what? Hey, we got to purge some of these kids. No doubt about it. I feel bad for every one of them. I hope they all find landing spots. But at the end of the day, for every play, not every play, but, but there should be a ratio of players purged to coaches purged because this coaching staff did a horseshit job this year. The, the, the Aaron Feld, uh, where's his name in all this? The injuries this year, we're, all all the the fourth quarter program, the fourth quarter program, the fourth quarter program. This is how you win games. This team looks fatigued. This team looks slow. This team is uh, uh, just, you know. It, I don't see any anyone getting inside of the ball. They look they look really tiny on the defensive side of the ball. They're off. They're everybody else's offense is just pushing them off the ball for the most part this season. Not and our offensive game, line is part. getting obliterated. So where's this yep. where's this gain with this fourth quarter program? All this hard work when you work your ass off this hard. That's called stupidity when you don't get any results for it. No doubt, Jake. You're you're hitting the nail right on the head, and that's what I was talking about. They weren't getting the results. They they were not. They did not beat Texas A&M. They were all in on Texas A&M, and it didn't happen. And the next week, they didn't even show up. 
Yeah, but what I mean, like, what, what about Florida State? What about Clemson? What you know, every other game they've been boat raced this season, and and again, mm-hmm. like, they're even you know, Duke's pushing them around, Middle Tennessee's pushing them around. So where's where's this all all this work and uh, off season work? I, I can tell you that the Florida it. State coaching staff thought this was the worst looking Miami team that maybe they had ever seen when they prepared for that game. It was, but I'm saying it's the same team as last year. It's the same team that, that, that beat them. I mean, not the same team that beat them the year before, but, but there, we were right in it, in Tallahassee. That game was electric to start. Uh, I was there. The, the, the stadium was packed. It was, it was almost all Miami fans. The, 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 nothing. We, were getting, we got trounced from the, the second we got on the field. Most of it's because of Gaddis. I, I'm done talking about him. I, that's uh, somebody uh, started the the uh, Mario got gatfished. Uh, I like that quote. <laughs> he, uh, he, he got sold uh, a bill of goods by somebody on that one. I I don't disagree. Yeah, he, did. he was he was the, calling the worst offense. Have we seen a worse offensive year, offensive coordinated year Never. than this? Than, I mean, Patrick Nixon. Gary, I said to you last year, this this is the first season. I you know I've been I've been following the Hurricanes since the late '80s, early '90s when I was a young kid. This is the first year I can ever remember where we didn't at least have like a, a dignified win, like a, a marquee win or a dignified win. We really don't. I mean, you know, we we, we beat a couple of pathetic teams this year. We didn't beat anybody. No. Uh, you know, even last year, um, we beat in Pitt. fairness. They won in the fairness, conference. Oh, Jake, Jake, in fairness, they did have a lot. It's not, and I'm not making an excuse, but it was a reality that they did have to deal with oh, a lot bullshit. of injuries. We, we lost the Eric King last year. Now, I'm sorry. I mean, you're starting. And we had you, to go you, with the quarterback who had no experience whatsoever. They made it happen. Yeah, but they didn't have guys that could make it happen on the offensive line. What about running back last year? You had uh, Jalen Knighton was suspended for the first half of the season, and then Cam uh, Harris went down, Don Chaney went down. You had, you had Jalen Knighton and Cam Harris. Like, yep. you know, I, I'm sorry. I don't buy this injury excuse. The, again, there, there's blame to go around. There is uh, uh, there's a lot but, of it to go around. If Mario does not hold the coaching accountable, I'm sorry, he's a joke. That's uh, like there there has to be accountability for the. You're the right. Staff, well, that's what I'm trying. Uh, as well as the players, I think they're going. I think he's going to make changes. He's got to. He's got no choice. Otherwise, it's going to be a disaster for him too. Despite what Gary says, he's the only one that can turn it around. But let me ask you this question. Understanding yeah. what you just said and all the issues and all the complaints that you have about this, and you're not wrong, uh, what, what do you do? What would you do? Tell me what you would do. Everybody can complain, but I want to know what you would do about it. What would you do about it? So, again, uh, all for the roster purge. Um, now, with that being said, you, you have to – he wants to run a, a style of offense. Like, so, so the big draw for Miami is, is that, look, Miami produces skill players in droves. And even, yeah, maybe it's a little down. I, I don't think that. I just, uh, it seems like they're all playing for other teams, not for us. But you've got to give them a reason to come. And you, you need a guy like Lashley or someone, someone who's going to run an exciting offense. Because these Florida kids, they're not going to come play a grounded pound game and uh, uh, just run this plotting uh, uh, check with me, 
smash it up the middle, even though Florida had, doesn't have an offensive lineman uh, maybe every three years. Uh, you'll get a, a decent quality offensive lineman, but you got wide receivers and running backs growing on trees here, and yet you're just going to run this boring ass uh, uh, slow. Well, I don't know if that's going to happen after this year. I think these, I think that has to change, and I think Mario has to look in the mirror and say, "Am I going to continue to to do this, or I'm going to make changes? I might not want to, but I'm going to because I have." To you can do it. both. You can you can you do, do both. both. Yeah, Gary's yes, 100 right. Here's the thing. Bridge, bridge the gap. Like build your offensive line. I, if there's one thing I think Mario will accomplish while he's here, he'll get our offensive line respectable. You know, you look. I, I don't think he left a whole uh, uh, treasure chest over at Oregon, but he did leave him a pretty damn good offensive line. And uh, okay, so build your offensive line, and maybe three or four years from now, you say, hey. Our power run offense is what's going to win us a championship, but win that championship when you have a championship caliber offensive line. You've got a shit offensive line, so don't try to fit a square peg but, into but a he's round got, hole. But he's got guys coming in. He's got Inez, who's here this year. He, hopefully he gets Samson, but he's already got Malagoa. He's got some big kids that are coming in here, which is what he wants. So and, I think- and Natty McCoy is another one they love. Right, right, right. That's true. So there are guys that, you know, everybody seems to be looking at the very minute right in front of your eyes, but Mario's looking ahead, purging guys and recruiting like he's been doing um, and not really having a history here in terms of the recruiting. He's just back from Oregon, but he knows how to do this. Now, I think he's going to have to make some changes in the coaching staff. Um, I, I think that's obvious. And he's purging the players. So I'm trying to look past this year. And as I said a few minutes ago, this is almost like one big exhibition, exhibition season, not only for the players, but for him too. He's learned a lot. I'm sure he has learned a lot. And he's got to recruit and get these kids in here and get them to buy into what he wants. And I think he's got kids like that that are coming in. When you see a bunch of kids like this that are in recruiting classes, and, and and they're getting their ass kicked every week. And these kids apparently are all in on Mario. Well, that's a pretty good sign. That's a damn good sign. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings in. I'm looking forward to the portal. I'm sure Alonzo's looking at all this with him. And um, they'll make some decisions and then go from there. I think next year they're going to be younger, um, more talented, but younger. So we may see the same kind of result. We may lose games we shouldn't and win games maybe that we didn't expect to win, but the year after that, when it all gels, that's what you have to hope for. He's putting guys in that he wants to be there, not guys that he got. He walked in the door and said, okay, this is your team. It's not going to work. It hasn't worked for too, too many great kids. It didn't work for Jimmy, you know. It worked for Dennis because he had Jimmy's players. It worked for Coker because he had Butch's players. Well, that's what you have to look at things like that. He's purging this roster to put who he wants out there, and, and get this system right, and I think that's going to include some of these coaches. All right, Jake, I see we lost you for a second. You're back on. Any closing um, thoughts? Give us the closing thoughts. I, yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it, it, to me, like, you have to, South Florida, speed and uh, passing is the name of the game with our recruits, and if you don't play to that, it's um, to me, you lose your advantage because you're just going to keep watching all these kids leave. They are this year. I mean, you know, look, I, I like a lot of what he's doing on recruiting. Um, the offensive line recruiting, great. The, the defensive back recruiting with Tormani, that's good. Um, but yeah. you look, we have no skill position players. What's that? 
Well, you can't complain about that. But, yeah, he's got to find some wide receivers. I can. It's, it's South Florida. There's, we should have uh, well, I think, a lot of skill position I, I know players. Kid, I, I know the kid, um, the, the, the kid from Edison, that kid's really good. And he's got blazing speed. He's not big, but he's a playmaker. He's like a Santana Okay, that, that's smoke. one guy. I mean, right. I'll grant you that. Have, I, I do have, think gonna he's going to be good. They're going to have Young. He'll be here for another year. Uh, Restrepo will be healthy from the get-go, we hope. Um, you, you know, they're going to find some more receivers in this thing. Well, I think probably Kobe, I'm talking Kobe George is not a write-off class. Jacoby no, George I'm talking is, about the recruiting class. We have no yeah, running back committed. We've got a mediocre quarterback. And let's not forget, it, it, like, it, I, I think Mario's hands are tied right now with getting rid of Gaddis because we all know if he's back, TVD's gone. Garcia's probably gone. And so then what's your quarterback room next yeah, year? Emory Williams and Curry Brown? Ago. That's what I said a few minutes ago. You can't afford to lose Tyler Van Dyke. And I don't you think want they to run will. him off to SMU. He's not going anywhere. I don't no, think. I don't think they'll uh, lose Tyler. Really? I, think, I think Mario's all in on Tyler. I think uh, yep. Life Wallet is all in on Tyler. I think Tyler is going to get a very favorable NIL uh, deal, and, and he will stay here. That's my prediction on that. All right, Jake, let me let you go. Thanks for bringing me back on. Thanks, Bruce. Have a great uh, Thanksgiving, and uh, yeah, yeah, hopefully too. we yeah. win and get bowl eligible. So let's see what happens. All right, Jake, thank you, man. All right, uh, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh, let's go now to the 203. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hi, Gary. It's Frank speaking. Frank? Yes, hi. How Frank are you? How are, how are you, Frank? <laughs> Talk to us, man. What you got? I'll do a five. All right, you're talking like TBD. He's going to get a great deal and everything. I think his agents already told him after game four to leave. And no. him being a pro-style quarterback, I mean, just think what he would have done, for example, at Notre Dame this year, North Carolina. Uh, when you talk about nil deals, I think school, let's say, as Notre Dame is going to throw just as much money at him. And they were playing their backup quarterback this year. I think Van Dyke would have put great stats on the board, and he would have been a first-round draft pick. So, and I think if TBD transfers, his roommate Xavier will transfer with him. So I think it's going to be tough to keep Van Dyke on Miami this year. I mean, next We're going to find out. I mean, the, yeah. the, the tea leaves that we've been given is that we could hear something sooner rather than later on that. So we'll see. Yeah, I think he's staying. All right, well, that's good because with this Gattis offense, I mean, if you're well, I don't know that he would come back for a Gaddis offense, in all honesty. No, I don't, I don't think that that has gone over real well from what I've heard. So we'll see. Yeah, because basically, I mean, if you're a defensive coordinator, you meet at 10 of 12 of your other defensive coaches, and you just say, Miami's going to run the ball up the middle, only throw out patterns. They're not going to throw it 20 yards down the field, and they don't throw it down the middle, and they don't do any swing passes or screens. So you've got teams blitzing every down. And that's what I mean. You didn't use, Ma- yeah, you didn't use Mallory like up the middle, for example, with the opening. And then the screen passes. You got Knight in there. He's a very good receiver his first two years. Everybody knows he could catch the ball. And I mean, he would get a long TD or a long game. And the problem is, Gaddis never used Knight as a receiver. He only used him as a pass blocker. Yeah, well, he was so in and out. Knight- he had some crappy games, and he. 
and then he was sitting for a while. He fumbled, like yeah. He was in the doghouse. Yeah, he, he was a fumbler. It's hard to have confidence in a kid like that. But then he's like been throwing saying all along, like we said all along, this whole year is crap. It's just a crappy year. You could pick on no, every I, player on the team probably and every coach and say, Jesus, they did a lousy job. Because look at the record. And not only that. No, no, I don't think the defensive line the- coaches did a lousy job. Yeah. I don't, you know, um, Charlie Strong, you can't evaluate at all. He had nothing to work with. Uh, the That's DBs, uh, the DBs, other than when they were, weren't, other than when they were giving up uh, bombs for touchdowns those six, seven times, I mean, they didn't have a horrendous year. Cam Kinchins has shown development. Um, you know, James Williams is playing out of position. Avante Williams is just not good at all. So I'm not judging any coach on him. Um, well, you can look at I don't, the tackling or the lack thereof, the bad angles. That's part of the defensive coordinator's job and, his, and, and on the assistance there. They haven't done that. I didn't see much improvement, you know, if any. This Kevin Steele, I think, was running a very abbreviated defense this year. I, th- I think mm-hmm. he was running a very small percentage of his packages. I think after they gave up those deep balls, he had to get much more conservative. Uh, I, I didn't see very much blitzing at all. After that stuff happened, so how, they did how, not. How, want... how, how could he, Gary? He's got no coverage behind. Well, you know, there's no coverage back there. There's safety. Yeah, that's what, I'm, that's, what I'm, that's, that's what I'm saying. So how do you judge him? He can for tight is right. No, I'm not saying you get rid of him. He's, yeah, he, he needs more ball players. Yep. Yeah. But I think you can you know, question. I... You can question what went on with the quarterbacks and the receivers. Yes. Yep. Um, you know, the running backs had a horrible year with injuries. Um, you lose, you lose citizens. Tight ends, the tight ends were fine. They also had injury issues. Well, they got three big ones coming in. Well, it's really two. I don't know if one of the kids is going to actually play tight end, but uh, you know they, they got the other guys that that are really, really Williams. He's going to play. I think I think he may play a lot next year. You know, it depends on Arroyo's injury. I don't know who else is coming back. Uh, Skinner, but he's got to gain weight. He's still not a tight end. He's a receiver that they split out. I like to see what he happens to him in the else. He's got to get up to 235, 240. Don't you agree, Gary? He can't stay like this. No, he's got to, he's got to get bigger. And he's got he's to work. Got to he's, got to, he's got to spend the whole offseason on the, on the jugs machine. Yep. Oh, yeah. He's, his hands aren't so great. Yeah. But that's okay. He's a kid. And I'd rather have kids like that than guys that are older that just don't want to work. That tell you know they say like no I'm going to the judge machine halfway through the season somebody said that and then of course the thing with Van Dyke well, this is the first time I've really had a conversation with Gaddis during the season before the games I mean that blew everybody's mind you know something that that Dorsey and Bernie and all those guys did met with the uh, with the offensive coordinator for things and this kid was sitting around for weeks not talking to Gaddis you kidding me so. Again, I, I, listen, I, I'm, I'm going to throw out that. I just don't think he's coming back next year, and I think it has to be like that, or else who knows who else is going to bolt from this team. But I'm not down. i just like to see them play a good game Saturday and win and put them in a bowl game, and let's see what happens. You don't want to have anybody recruiting against Miami. They're so shit they didn't even make a bowl game. I don't want to hear that. So as far as I'm concerned, I know it could help recruiting if we don't win, but I think they have to win. They need to walk around with their heads held up a little higher than it is now if they go six and six and get into a bowl game. All right, he just uh, he just Bill dropped. Rick? No, he just That's dropped. What I thought. So, um, I, I guess he uh, he didn't like what you were saying, Bruce. So he ran for the woods. Uh, five six three nine nine nine. 
3550-563-9993550. Hit the one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show. Uh, let me see where I'm at here. Um, let's go to the 845. You're live on King Sport Live. Gary, Bruce, how you doing? Greg. Hey, what's up, Greg? Hey, Greg, what have you given yeah. up on trying to be number one? I haven't heard you as number one. I don't maybe once the whole year, if that. What happened? Man, I let other people get on first. I, no big deal. Uh, that's bullshit. You know damn well you forgot to turn your clock back a couple weeks ago. That's what happened. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> okay. I got, I got to ask up, you guys a question. In the last four games we played Clemson, we've been outscored 178 to 30. Yeesh. How come, how come other teams, Syracuse, Forest, can play these North Carolina State? They can compete with Clemson. Why can't we, every time we play them, we shit in our pants? We can't. We're intimidated by that team. How, how do you lose every game by 30 points to Clemson? Or it's more. an embarrassment. We haven't had a signature win in five years. Five years. I guess, you, I guess you're saying the Notre Dame game was the last signature win, yeah. right? And that's yeah. the last time Notre Dame lost a regular season ACC game. Did you know that? No, I didn't know they that either. Wow. 28 games in the reg- – they lost one in the ACC championship game to Clemson. Hmm. Well, so what are you suggesting, my friend? What do you, what do you think we should, they should do? What, do you, what would you do? Because we're blaming everybody anyhow, so nobody's, nobody's safe. Nobody's escaping. You... What do you do? Neither, neither coordinator is coming back. I'm, gonna tell, I'm predicting it right now. It's not happening. They're not bringing either one back. And uh, I, I, like I said last time, I, Mario's got to be Houdini to keep this class together. I don't know how he's doing it. It's unbelievable to me. Well, I can tell you that part of these, a lot of these kids, the parents are all in with them too. That's a big deal. They really made a concerted effort to get the parents involved and invite them and have them at the school. So the parents like the coaches too, you know, so that's part of what he's doing. They, he's they trying see the to vision. Really make this family. Yeah, they do. They see the vision, Greg. They really do. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's not, it's hard not to see. Let's, I mean, let's just talk about the offensive line for a minute. Okay. You got two elite level guys that are likely going to be coming in and they still got to lock up Samson, but, uh, in Maligoa and Sampson, you got bookend tackles that should be as good as anybody in college football can put on the field. Um, you've got Inez Cooper. You've got Matthew McCoy. You've got Connor Liu coming into the program. Uh, you're starting to build the foundation of a good offensive line here just in this recruiting class, and that's before they probably go to the portal and take a few more guys. Mm-hmm. So, like, these kids are not going to play next year. Yes, they are. Uh, they they will play. play. They, they will absolutely uh, play. Now, now, now will, will, play will they – both of the freshmen – The kids are playing. They're going to play, Greg. They're, they're, they're going to play. play. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to start and play every down. Um, you know, you got to hope that Zion Nelson comes back. 
and that you mm-hmm. could pencil Ed him Rivers. in at, at one of the tackle spots. You got Jalen Rivers that's coming back that you got to hope that you can, you know, put at one of the guard spots. I mean, you hopefully will have an eight man rotation next year of guys that you feel comfortable putting on the field. So those freshmen are not going to have to go start necessarily from day one, but they are going to get playing time as the year goes on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As the year goes on, they're going to be in the lineup every, every week. That's what's going to happen. Cause they're coming they're, in they're, in January. They're big, they're big, right. They're bigger kids. They're big. You know, you need that. We don't have that in years. We had, we had Chantrell Henderson. We had another guy, but every once in a while, some big guy would show up. But for the most part, they're finesse guys. He's not going to win with finesse guys. You've got to be able to knock people on their ass. And we haven't seen that in years down here. That's always been a problem, offensive line recruiting. Well, this is, a, this is something, somebody who, you know, this is what he does. And I think that's a big thing. So what else you got there? So Mario's claiming he left the great roster at Oregon. They, got, they already have two losses this year. They got annihilated by Georgia. So how no. great could his roster be to get annihilated? Yeah, they, would, you take, would, you, would, would you take a two-loss hurricane team this year? Yeah, you would. So I don't, you know, I can't say that. I can't say that they're loaded, but they're more talented than they've had in years. There and their team's staying in contention, where you know there was no major drop-off. Two losses. He's had two loss seasons there. Three loss seasons over there. But he's, he created something out of nothing over there, and he's going to try to do it here. But he has to go backwards before he goes forward. And that's something that nobody wanted to just talk about. Nobody wants to agree. I don't want to talk about it either. I'm, I don't want to talk like this. I want them to win every damn game they play. But it's not going to happen. And it, it took a while for me to realize that, you know, this is not going to happen so fast. And, and I know why. All right, one last thing, Gary. Can I ask you something about the basketball team question? I mean, I think Larry Nagy does a good job, but why can't he ever have a rim protector, a big, a legitimate center? They're hard to recruit, man. That's an easy one, Greg. They're hard to recruit. Uh, Duke and Carolina and those guys grab up any of them that are any good. And then you mm-hmm. have to try to go to the next tier and get like a little bit of a project guy and try to develop them like they are right now with this favor air kid who, you know, looks to me like he has potential, but he's not ready to go out there this year. And, and at least not right now. But I think what they learned in the Maryland game the other day is that they need to have a plan when they play a bigger, more physical team that is going to uh, dominate on the boards. They have to have a better answer than what they had against Maryland mm-hmm. the other day. And uh, I'm not sure what that'll be. You know, they may have to put favor air out there some uh, and, 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 and play, you know, just, um, you know, play with the lineup a little bit. Mahone, right. I can tell you who else doesn't have a dominant center, and that's the Heat. They don't have a rim protector either, and that's why their season's going to go in the toilet because they don't have anybody inside to intimidate anybody, block shots, you know, because Bam's not that. He's just not that kind of a player. But I think maybe the Canes may have to do a little more scramble defense and maybe some press against bigger teams because they are going to get beaten on the boards. But if they force them to put the ball on the floor, they can maybe make up some points that way. But that's probably what Larry yeah. is going to have to do because he does have and that's, issues. that's not a hand they're going to show at this point of the season, I don't think. Of course so. Not. Yeah, we'll see how, we'll see oh, how it goes. Okay. All right. All right, Greg. Yep, great as, great as always Thank hearing you. from you. Have a great night. 
All right, uh, yeah, five six three. Thanksgiving too. <laughs> five six three nine 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 three five five zero. Five six three nine 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 three five five zero. You hit the one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Let's go to the four seven zero. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Four seven zero. You with us? Going once. Going twice, alrighty. Uh, let's go to the seven two seven. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Oh no, that's uh, I'm sorry, that's a repeat. Um, let's go to the seven five seven. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Uh, yeah, man. Let me tell you something, bro. You really pushing my buttons, man. <laughs> I might get banned eventually from you. Hold on. You always trying to make it seem like JB can't be this, can't be that. Tyler garbage. I said that's right, fans. I said Tyler won't nothing this year. Come on, King King. Don't take this there. Please. Please don't hey, take bro, this I'm there. I'm just being real. You you on your boy and you always bringing up this mess. Oh well, you know the bad um um uh uh, uh kitchens in them let them big bombs go by. Man, you ain't dog that got there in Tyler Van Dyke one time. Until you do, you on my dog list, bro. You can't keep doing that to these other players, J V. He did. Let's make him a receiver. The man played good. Well, played let me ask you this, King Kane. King Kane, like King Kane, let me ask you this, seriously. So the kid, the kid, King Kane, listen, come on, man. Uh, so he finished last year with six straight 300-yard games, right? And then against North Carolina, when they finally started tailoring the offense a little bit, he threw for almost 500, right? So wow, we lost. what, what we happened in the middle, Kane Kane? What do you think? What do you think happened in the middle? In the middle, damn it, we suck. We ain't beat nobody this year. Tyler won't no good, and he won't no good against Middle Tennessee. You try to make excuses for that. He was shitty, terrible, horrible. Middle Tennessee, they had lost the week before to James Madison or somebody. Come on, bro, you gonna stop dogging that little young brother? That's what you are gonna stop. I'm letting okay. you know, ain't nobody else gonna tell you. He could take the reign and be the best quarterback there right now. Tyler Van Dyke is slow like molasses. Garcia. He even slower. I thought he had some movement, but his brain shot. He done, every time he get in the game, every two or three plays now, he turned the ball over. I thought he would be some good. But he's not no good. Kane Kane, listen. Kane Kane, wait a minute before you move on. Wait one second. So there were four games in the middle, which is what I was trying to get at with you, okay? But soon Cookman okay, will throw who away. Played who played him? Forget the soon Cookman. Whoa, whoa, Kane Kane, please. Okay, Bethune Cookman, we won't talk about. Okay, um, Southern Miss, Tyler Van Dyke struggled. They were throwing uh, some gimmick. They were throwing gimmick cover- coverages at him, and you, you're 100 percent correct. He struggled in that game. Texas A&M, very so-so. Totally agree with you. Now, what could be the reason for that? This is a kid that had thrown for 300 yards six straight times, and now in those two games. He struggled a little bit. Obviously, to me, he wasn't comfortable yet with the offense. That what you and, want him? And, okay. uh, and I'll throw this in. Um, he did not have Rambo anymore. He didn't have Harley anymore. No, and he looked on the field. That. He didn't, no, he, he didn't, he didn't even have – I'm just talking. Well, you can talk. I can talk. He didn't now, have always Rambo, say so. what we ain't got. But the biggest problem is the offensive line. When he started to decline, yeah. I helped uh, that was my next point. game. I'll help you, but y'all always saying Rambo and, and, and this and that. Man, you got players out there. Young came off the bench and lit it up. But, damn, the last couple games were young Ben. He ain't really did nothing. The old line is trash. 
if put it like this, if y'all don't go get some country hound white boys from Wisconsin somewhere, <laughs> look, the city boys ain't blockers. That's one thing. Brothers don't block like that. You need to go get some country feds. Hopefully Samson Okanola comes here, uh, Kane Kane. Wait till you get a look at this kid. And yep. and I think you might change your mind. Give me some ballers on that old line. Then maybe Shakar be good, Garcia be good. Anybody can be good, but ain't nobody gonna be good with that offensive line this year. It has been depleted. It has been hurt. And you can't judge the receivers because some of the routes they run. Hell, by the time the quarterback looks, what happened? He on his ass. Remember Garcia in the <laughs> game against uh, the Glass game, Clemson? He pulled back. Somebody didn't block the DN or safety so camera in there. So Tyler Van, can't you apply that to Van Dyke as well, that the offensive line is crappy can, for him and he's crappy a, for the I other quarterbacks him, too? I, I give him some because he was a vet. He supposed to have been the man. But them first games, like you said, Texas A&M, he looked like he was hurt. The, the, the offense played the best game of the year was the Texas A&M game, and y'all can admit to that. But we're going to go well, ahead we, we and I'm going to tell Jerry last week, forget about the seven offense. passes. Well, okay, seven seven passes. Passes. Right on that. We, we, we can go on and on and on, but I'll tell you what. That's right. Next year will be a different thing. You're right. Next year will be different. And the biggest thing, mm-hmm. if Miami, can y'all recall Miami never beating a team over 500? This will be the first time. We lose the pit. We ain't beat nobody this year. Well, that's yeah. probably Virginia true. Was supposed to be at the bottom. It needs Virginia to be over, King King. This is it's yeah, brutal to think about, man. Lose. But I got faith in your boy, Mario. I ain't one of them ones to say, let's go get Dion. Yeah, yeah, prime time. I ain't one of them. But he, I tell you what, what happened if we have a bad season next year? I'm just asking, gentlemen, could you help me? I'm saying bad. If we have like, a bad don't... season next year, he's going to get a lot of heat. I think he's going to get a lot of heat. Because, okay. you know, it's, 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 we're, we have the right to argue and make comments about the coaching and anybody else because we're fans. And if yes, that's sir. what happens next year, and if we're and if we're still coming out of the gate sluggish, which we did almost every game this year, it's like where the hell yes, have we, we been in the beginning of every game? It's a joke. I'm sick of it already. You know, yes, I don't mind. If you're going to lose, at least play the whole goddamn game and play hard. They've been falling behind the, the crappiest teams. They're falling behind, and, 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 and can't home. catch up. Yes, sir. You're right, sir. And I see right? the schedule for next year, and it's not even. Yeah, you're right. And the schedule next year is not even harder than this year. So. There's no way we can go six and six. There's no way we should go five and seven. He has to do well, better. And the players right. have to well, be accountable again, If you look too. at the recruits and you, you, you impute them as part of the team, you know, even if it's on paper, they should be better. Mm-hmm. They should be better because these kids are fighters. They're tough. They work their ass off all throughout their career. And you know what's good about them? Their character. Because anybody else who would have been watching this, what's going on this year, most likely would have said, to hell with this. I'm not going to that school. I'm getting the hell out of here. But they're sticking, at least so far. And there's I'm not good. that many weeks left for them to bolt. So you have to look at that and say, man, Mario must know what he's doing because these kids are all in and the families are all in. That's what you want. These other kids well, that they've had their last couple of years, it's, it's about, oh, I'm going to take my talents to Miami for the next three years. What about four years? It's a four years to get a degree. So these kids are halfway out the door before they even start. You got. I'm down with you on that. This new generation. I've been in the custodian for years in school. The generation is different. They don't yep. think like we think. They don't have that heart like we got. They don't have that dog. They don't want to work. Oh, I came from this high school. I'm a star. No, bitch, you ain't no star until you sweat, blood, sweat, and tears. Did you did you, did you did you see Benny Blades on Lamar's show two weeks ago? 
He said the same thing no, you were saying. He was saying the same exact thing as you. Benny's not stupid. He knows. These kids don't want to work. They want to just show up and get their get their, their, their rings and head off to the National Football League. Well, it's not going to happen. It's going to change. Not going to happen. And it might, not, it might happen. not be next year, but the year after that, you watch what happens. They're going to play yes, hard. Sir. They're going to be tough and physical. And, and I'm not saying they're not going to throw. I'm sure they're going to throw the ball. They got good players. But you can't, you know, everything went wrong this year. You could point your finger at every possible thing and be right. That's why I said before, everybody's right and everybody's wrong. There's nobody wrong. It's like throwing a dart in a carnival and hitting a balloon. It's hard to miss. I mean, my grandmother can oh. hit the balloon. She's been dead since 1983. So, you know, that's uh, what we're I, talking about. I agree it's, with it's you. Not I agree. Easy to do this. Got to hope for better yep. next year. But like I said, the attitude, the parents are good. These kids, they got to find that dog. Because I tell everybody, and y'all might agree, and I'm getting ready to get off. When you're a college player, and I ain't playing no sports, but my thing is you have one month to just chill, and that's maybe December. Because once January coming, it's football from January all the way through. And, I mean, you got to be yep. dedicated. If you ain't dedicated, you ain't going to be no damn good. Period. I'm out that's with that. I'll let y'all later. All right. Peace out. Take care. All right, Take Kane Kane. All right, Bruce. <laughs> you had, a, you had almost, an hour, almost an hour in the wild zone here. Um, <laughs> uh, I, 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 guess, I guess you survived it. Yeah, why not? I mean, I have my opinions. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I ask everybody the same question. What would you do? And what's the answer? Have, have you heard that many answers? Some, you know, Mario's doing what he has to do. We don't like it. We hated it. The season was just absolutely one of the worst. It was like strokes and heart attacks every, every, every weekend. And I know everybody's agreeing with me on that. It was. But he's going to fix it. And if he's not going to fix it, then he's going to get it. He ain't going to be here either. He's going to fix it. I mean, the people he has that he consults with, like, like Alonzo and everybody, well, what's Alonzo done? <laughs> you want to, you'll find out real soon what he's been doing. And so I'm confident, and I'm just – I hope they win on Saturday. That's all I can say. Is, is, is TVD absolutely out? Do you know that? I, still based on what I in? saw of him doing, you know, rehab up at, on the field up at Clemson, I, I would be shocked if he played tomorrow. Um, okay. you know, I just okay. don't I know. If they'll go, I don't know if they'll go with Jake or Jacuri. I don't really know yet. Um, all right, Bruce. Let me let you run. Uh, okay. th- th- thanks for the assist here. You saved my voice a little bit, which is good. And yeah, uh, screwed up my voice, but that's okay. I'm not singing anymore. My wife. Is. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess we'll uh, we'll see you tomorrow night on the Lamar show. Absolutely, I'll be raring to go. Talk to you later. All right, man. And happy to see you tomorrow. Okay, you too. Bye bye. All right, last call out for calls tonight, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. Hit the one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, let's go to the 239. You're live on King Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? How you doing? Doing great. Who's this? This is Armando from uh, Immokalee, Florida. Hey, what's up, Armando? Hey, I just wanted to, you know, get some time to – Point out, I think the obvious when it comes to Gaddis, first of all, I'm not one of those kind of guys who's like saying, okay, he needs to go. I would like some sort of, um, uh, what's the word, some sort of continuity within the program, and I think it would be good if, you know, we would be able to stick with an offensive coordinator. But that being said, um, it's pretty obvious at this point um, that he's going to be a problem because, I mean, first of all, 
you know, look at what he's done to Tyler Van Dyke. You know, I know a lot of people are going to try and, um, you know, rattle up, you know, bring up a storm on Twitter or whatever and say, well, you know, look at Mario. He's a coach killer. He's, you know, messing up his career. Um, but, you know, truth of the matter is, Gaddis has destroyed Van Dyke's career. You know, hopefully he can have a good year next year here at Miami or wherever else he goes. But um, this is clearly not what he was supposed to be. So um, so uh, I was thinking um, when he was first hired here at Miami, um, he he kind of struggled at Michigan, you know, for uh, for, you know, for the first two years of his career. And I remember watching, I don't remember if it was the Big Ten Network or the ESPN that did a special. Well, basically, it appeared that Jim Harbaugh have, had kind of took the reins of the offense back again. And uh, if you follow any Jim Harbaugh teams at Stanford, um, San Francisco, or Michigan, wherever he goes, he kind of has that power team, that power running game. And it kind of felt to me when Michigan had that resurgence last year, it didn't really feel like it was a Josh Gaddis offense. It really felt like it was more of a Jim Harbaugh offense. And so it just kind of felt like, you know, we kind of, you know, fell into the um, to the hype train. You know, he won the Brawls Award. Um, the offense was incredible. He was the offensive coordinator. He does get, you know, the credit. But um, I just don't think that, um, you know, I just didn't – I was kind of hesitant to kind of – you know, say that this is a home run higher back then because of that. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, um, here's the thing about about Michigan. You know, they had a team good enough to go to the college football playoff last year. I mean, you know, it's a little bit different than what he was coordinating here this year. And, you know, maybe the truth on Josh Gaddis is somewhere in the middle. Uh, to be fair, I mean, maybe he's not an elite enough offensive coordinator to overcome uh, talent efficiency like he was dealing with here this year. And and maybe the talent level of Michigan, and you're seeing what kind of season they're having this year, even, you know, on offense even better than they had last year. Maybe the talent at Michigan was significantly better enough that it made him look better as a coordinator than maybe what he really is. Do you remember uh, Jed Fish? Well, why did it feel like Jed Fish um, on, in one year here at Miami was able to turn around the offense so quick? I mean, the offense under him, I remember, it was prolific. You know, it looked He's a very good amazing. coach. He's a Cowboy very good Cowboy offensive guy. coach. He's the head coach at Arizona now, and he's doing a good job out there. Uh, he's, he's got this crazy quarterback, but uh, he, he's doing a pretty good job out there. But Jed Fish is a good offensive coach. What he was not good at here at Miami, and I hope he's better as a head coach, is recruiting. He did not have a passion for recruiting. Uh, he was a very lazy recruiter. And, uh, you know, I, I, I got to assume as a head coach, he's maybe gotten better at that. Let me ask you one last question for the night, and I'll let, let you wrap it up. Um, you keep saying that our strength and conditioning program is so different from other years. What do you mean by that? Because, like, I mean, it's obvious on the field when you look at it. The team, you know, it looks more or less the same. Even, like, the subbing, you know, like, um, it doesn't look any different. You remember that LSU game where defensive players um, were coming in, and you 
you constantly, you know, pointed it out. Like they had no business. The second stringers coming in, um, you know, Manny Diaz to just bring them in in waves. It kind of felt like that, you know, this year as well, you know, where we're just, you know, there was no consistent playing time with some of the guys, you know, and some of the, you know, you just need some reps at some point to, you know, be a little bit more consistent. And it just felt like it was a lot of more of the same. And, you know, I would think that maybe it's because they felt like some of the players weren't good enough or ready enough. But um, what's the big difference between this strength and conditioning program and the, like a Mark Rick program? Because I, I saw some of the videos, um, that some of the um, the, staff, uh, the media staff would put out. It looks like a lot of the same program, the fourth quarter program that, um, you know, that Mark Rick did, you know, between the mat drills. You know, obviously, you know, they didn't show everything, but, I mean, you know, the hype videos pretty much look the same, the same mat drills that any high school program does, you know, to, for conditioning the first week of, of um, ball practice. You know, um, I think they're being trained to be a lot more physical, a lot more powerful. I think we saw the results of it much better on the defensive line this year than we did on the offensive line. Uh, maybe some of that was due to the injuries they had. Uh, but the strength program under Coach Feld is a whole other level from what it was under Gus Felder when Mark Rick was there. The work it ethic, the, the, work the, work ethic, ethic. The, pow- the power work they do. Um, but again, I, 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 I understand what you're, I understand what you're getting at, and I'm not sure that we saw the complete results of it this year that hopefully we will see in the future. Don't get me wrong. It takes longer than, you know, nine months, you know, to build that kind of, you know, muscle. Like, I'm sorry to say, but some of these third and fourth year guys, you're not going to see it in them like you're going to see it in the first and second year guys. It takes a long time to build that kind of muscle, that kind of, um, you know, you're looking for incremental changes, you know, over the course of a year, you know, if you can, you know, you know, pick up, you know, 60 pounds in your bench and squat, you know, I mean, that's in a year, that's actually pretty good. And so it's, you're not going to see it, you know, in some of these third and fourth year guys, but still it just, I don't know. I just wanted to get your, your opinion on it. What, what makes it so different? You know, is there more accountability? Because I remember, you know, seeing like Mark Pope, he never looked different, you know, from the year, from when he came in as a freshman to, you know, when he, you know, stepped out on us last year. He looked like the same skinny guy. And I know you're pointing out um, earlier this year, Romilla Brinson, he also looked just as small as he did a year ago, or even smaller. And so is there more accountability? And like, how, how does that work in the college um, conditioning program? You know, Oh, there's, what there's 100% total accountability under Mario Cristobal and Aaron Feld. I mean, total and, and total commitment. And, you know, that, that kind of goes along the lines of what I was talking about earlier in the show, that these kids in that nine months, eight, well, really it wasn't nine months. It was more like seven, seven, eight months. But they, they were asked to work at a level and at a level of commitment that was like not even in, in the same stratosphere of where they were asked and the commitment they were asked to make under the prior two coaching staffs. And I'm not sure, like, I'm just trying to put my hand on why this team has been so bad this year. And, you know, the people that make the points that it was the same basic guys and they played a lot better last year are not totally wrong. I mean, 
And I've just been sitting there like trying to make it all make sense. And I just, I really think they might've overbaked the cake. You know, I mean, I think they might've beaten the shit out of these guys. Ooh, I hope I don't get smacked by the FEC or something. They can't do it. It's the internet, but um, they may have beaten the crap so much out of these kids before the season began. And then they had them ready to play when they went to Texas A&M. And I'm telling you, this team has not been the same since that night. And I'm trying to put my hands on it. And I don't think it's just that Texas A&M sucked. Like, it's still an SEC team. And uh, I just think they may have overbaked it, man. Like, like, these kids were not built to work like that and not built to feel the way they felt playing as hard as they played in that game in September. Yep. And then, the injuries, and then the injuries started kicking in and everything else and, and you know, losing the middle Tennessee state, I'm sure didn't go over very well in the building and, you know, everything just fell apart and they've been scrambling the whole year. So I hope they put a good game together against Pittsburgh. I really do. They want to go to a bowl game. I know the Fenway bowl up in Boston wants them. That'd be a nice trip for those guys to get to go play a football game in a legendary ballpark like that. You know, I, I hope it ends okay for them. And, I, you know, maybe somehow they get to seven and six. And, you know, that puts, you know, that's like a little bit of a safe face. I mean, it's not as bad as five and seven for sure. We'll see what happens. But thank you for yeah, being I'll part of the show, man. Thank you. I appreciate we'll talk, it, Gary. We'll, yep, we'll talk to you next time. All right, let me just touch on a few topics that were submitted that we have not touched on tonight. Uh, just to clean it up here before we, uh, we sign off. Um, PT guy 86 is asking about the possibility of getting a transfer portal quarterback if need be. And who could it be? Uh, I personally think it's very much a possibility, but the issue is who are you going to get if Tyler Van Dyke's coming back? And I think he is, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know that you're going to get a quarterback in the portal to come be a backup unless he's a young kid, like a freshman, and then you could say, hey, come be the backup next year and then compete to be the starter the year after. Uh, to me, that would be the recruiting angle uh, for the portal. Uh, maybe they look for one more high school kid. They try to flip them to come compete with Emory Williams. Uh, you know, those are the sales pitches I think they can make at quarterback. Uh, but the, the first domino that's got to fall is going to be Tyler Van Dyke. Because if Tyler Van Dyke's not coming back, and I think he will announce that he is uh, pretty soon, but if he is not coming back and decides not to come back, that changes everything. I mean, now you're going out and you're looking for a starting quarterback in the portal. And there's obviously a whole different set of criteria uh, to that. Uh, Kanezilla wants clarification on players talking bad about UM. What is real? Uh, from what we can tell, none of it's real. Uh, players are not talking bad about UM. In fact, uh, Romello Brinson, who is the one that people were saying was talking bad about UM, came out and put a tweet out today. Uh, saying that it was all BS, that he would never talk bad about UM. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of people trying to stir things up right now uh, because recruiting is kicking in and a lot of bad rumors are being started. Um, uh, MSK Fish wants me to talk about the collective uh, besides Life Wallet. Uh, I'm going to be working on that MSK. I'm not there yet. Uh, it's just, it's, I, I can't begin to tell you what our, what our world is like right now. It's, there's just so much going on. But I am going to get there, 
And uh, I'm very interested in finding out about it as you are. And, I, you know, you'll see me write about that really, really soon. Um, RJW Wood wants to know about the pros and cons of a bowl game. Uh, like I just said, I think if they could go to that Fenway Bowl and, and have a chance to go seven and six this year, it's a good thing. I think the coaches will manage the game prep as it surrounds recruiting. I think they got enough people in the building. Heck, they, they got Alonzo Highsmith working the transfer portal already with the SBS kids uh, that are already in there. And, you know, then, of course, you know, the Power Five kids can go in there starting on the fifth. Uh, so I think they can walk and chew gum. Jay Collette, that was for you. Uh, but – uh, so, you know, I, I think all in all, you got, you got to try to go to a bowl game if you can. You got to do it for the seniors. You got to do it for the self-respect of the program. I don't think you nail in a loss on purpose to not have to prepare for a bowl game against an American Athletic Conference team that, you know, shouldn't be insurmountable. Um, let's see. Uh, I think that we have pretty much uh covered just about everything else so um we're going to call it a wraps for tonight uh tomorrow night we will have the lamar thomas show i uh, don't know yet who's going to be on the guest list but make sure you join us for that uh good morning cane sport is going on hiatus for the rest of this week because i got to give matt shodell time to go chase turkeys okay and um he's taking a couple days to go chase some turkeys uh, I'm not sure where he, what turkey farm or whatever he went to to go do this. But um, so we're going to take a couple day hiatus on Good Morning Cane Sport. Uh, thank you for being patient with us. And uh, we'll try to make it up with these uh, shows here tonight and the Lamar Thomas show tomorrow. And we'll have You Bet Cane Sport also this week and uh, try to make up for the missing uh, Good Morning Cane Sport shows with that. Um, Want to thank everybody that called in tonight. I uh, want to thank uh, Bruce Warner for giving me a little bit of an assist here uh, in the studio. And uh, thank all you guys for listening, as always. And um, it'll be interesting as the week goes on, man. Uh, hope everybody shows up at Hard Rock on Saturday night. So have a great night, everybody.